0: So my name's Tracy, Tracy Radford, um, and I am uh, the uh, founder um, of Unanima Theatre, um, which started in 2008. And um, yeah, and I've done various things, do various other projects with Brad, we um, we run Unanima Theatre, we run One Conversation and One Fest. Um, so lots of things, all of those pieces of work are um, to support learning disabled and autistic people. Experience the arts, or have a voice, or um, campaign. So, um, so yeah, that's me. Been doing that for a long time.
1: Cool, thank so. you. Lovely to meet you, Tracy. Uh, and I'm Brad English. Um, so
2: I'm all the things that Tracy just said, um, also. So I think my title at the moment within the is senior executive, um, but we sort of with a double act that behind the scenes that runs the show there. Um, my background is I'm a clinical psychologist, specialising in learning disabilities and autism. Um, so I also work in the NHS in that capacity for part of my week um, and then bring that over to, to the stuff that we do with Unanima and, and One Conversation
1: from OneFest. Cheers. Thank you, Brad, and lovely to meet you too. Thank you both for joining me this afternoon. Um, so I guess I'll also insert my introduction uh, into the episode as well. So I'm Tom. Nice to meet you both. Um, I'm currently the Community and Learning Producer at Derby Theatre and... The Applied Theatre Podcast is an extension of my love for the work that I do. I have the wonderful opportunity to speak to other practitioners and artists such as yourself, which is, I guess, a really fantastic opportunity for me to not only learn, but to also share practice as well. And the most important thing really is that the podcast is a is a free resource for people to learn about the work that we do. Uh, so, Unanima, how did it all start?
0: So it was quite a long time ago, um, and it started, um, it completely started. I was um, volunteering at a charity um, that supports learning disabled people, and I was also running some stuff in a mainstream school, and and I became acutely aware that those two communities rarely, if ever, got had anything to do with each other and got together. Um, and then, uh, um, I went to what was then County Youth Arts, which is now Inspire Youth Arts and said, um, I've got an idea for a project. Um, if you've got any money basically. And, um, so yeah, so that's, and they said, yeah, great, lovely. And then, um, they brought in, uh, the wonderful, um, Jane Williams and she came in and the two of us then, um ran that project it was a huge success it was a group of a level students in the school and a group of learning disabled autistic adults um and it was really great i think it was a i don't know 6 12 week project um and then we got a bit more funding and and then jane and i and jane and i got on really really well and um we thought yeah this is this is something there is you know there is something here and Unanima was born from from that partnership and we just went on and and we got more bids and we got an Arts Council bid and blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's how it started. Um, and in 2014, we moved to Mansfield and became company in residence with um, Inspire Youth Arts. So that's the home of where we are. So we have a, an office space there and we're able to use their rehearsal space. That's where we meet every week. Um, and then there's been quite a few changes, um, since then with people coming in, Jane has gone on to, um, to do amazing things with new perspectives and, um, you know, fly half the planet and doing all of her brilliant work around storytelling and working with communities. So, you know, so yeah, um, she went on and, and then, um, so now the creative team is myself, um, Pete Shenton. Um, Tashbird and Brad um so we are the four that make up that and we are we moved initially we started as i say as a as an, an inclusive company so we had uh, mainstream uh, neurotypical a level students and learning disabled and autistic people and when we moved to mansfield we we did that for a bit and it it just wasn't as successful and we made the decision to to become a company that was um Exclusively um, learning disabled, that sort of came. Um, it just it seemed like a natural progression and and right um, for us. So so that's that's what it is. So that's that's.
1: Hey, that. nice one. Okay, thank you, uh, Brad. What about yourself? Uh, what were you up to um, before Unanima, and, and how did you come to join the Unanima family? Um, so prior to that, I was I've
2: always specialised in working with learning disabilities and autism. Um, and that, that capacity was, was just as a clinical psychologist, um, uh, working in the NHS, um, had like special interests around sort of, um, uh, sexual expression and intimate relationships and, 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 and learn disabled people getting them like the human rights, uh, realized that they deserved, you know, and, and, and giving people those opportunities. So I was doing a lot around that, a lot of kind of, um, activist type thinking in my work um and sort of got ushered over towards um tracy by um an old partner of mine nick who she'd she'd encountered uh, through some work who said uh, you need to meet tracy you talk about the same things you do the same things um so we did we went and met and it just sort of exploded from there i think we we um realized very quickly that we think in the same way and complement one another in the way we operate Um, so tracy kind of introduced me to the the things she was doing which at that point was obviously unanimous um, but also running a nightclub for learning disabled and autistic people um which i also took a big interest in um so just started coming along and volunteering a little bit and, and dipping in where i could with you on that tracy i think wasn't it um and then um yeah, just was desperate to be able to commit proper time to it,
0: yeah, and, I th- and I think, and I think, well, you know, it was a very organic process because, um, as Brad says, we had loads. We we just thought the same in that sort of like the the human rights and the the sort of just equality um, sort of angle, and then when we were doing a one of our shows that we were touring, um, we. Um, there was some some issues with some of the cast, they were really struggling from nerves and bits and bobs. And you came in, Brad, and um, did his psychology magic um, on a couple of those. And, and I just thought, actually, that that's an element that I hadn't realized that we needed as a company at, at that point. And then, because we create devised theatre as well, and our most recent piece, which you've seen, um, we had to dig into them, as humans and um as learning disabled humans and that's that's not really done that often and as personally as we do it so it just made complete sense to have a clinical psychologist with that specialism in the room just to make sure that that I suppose from a safeguarding point of view in terms of like what the subject matter that we're dealing with that they um they can check in check out all of that sort of stuff it just you know, it's that real light bulb moment of like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm not entirely sure how we've done this without that element in the room that that it, it's it's completely crucial, certainly for devised theatre when you're you're looking so personally at people. But also, I think in well, I know in that sort of becoming that authentic actor um, rather than just playing at it and actually just it's becoming it helps the the cast really embed and think about their place and what they're doing and and all of that don't you think Brad it's that um it just gives it a or it gives it a safety it gives it a weight um and it gives it a a sense of sort of propriety really for the guys I think it's that that sort of um just make helps make sense complete sense, you know, they obviously know that they're acting, they obviously know that they're telling the stories that they have created or told, um, but there's something more um solid and special um that there does that make sense,
1: yes, it completely does and and even from the angle of well, firstly, from what you both described something it is something that i can certainly relate to especially through my own work in a rehearsal room because the addition of having a creative therapist has really improved not only the rehearsal process but also the the care that the young people receive and the support that they also receive as well yeah. and i think that from the outside looking in from an audience's point of view they may think that the performance is the most exposing part or they may perceive it in that way but actually it's in the rehearsal room where the participants yeah. and actors and company members are exposing themselves the most, right? They're sharing their vulnerabilities. They're getting to know one another yeah. and developing an identity as a company. Um, so with that in mind, how is the company structured? Because you're not working <laughs> with participants, you're a company. So how do people get involved and, and how do you kind of structure that rehearsal process?
0: Yeah, um, so it's weekly um and up until recently so up until this year we have just been running um the the core ensemble as we call um that element of our work um that was just an afternoon on a friday and and that worked well but there's all sorts of things that you come across with that the the sort of the attitudinal, um, difficulties that you come across with learning disabled and autistic people, because for a lot of our cast they go to day service or whatever. So it just becomes another, oh we do that on a Friday, like we go to a day service on a Thursday and we do this, you know, and we really wanted to break that, um, and give it and and professionalize it, um, to an extent. So we're now, we now do a full day, on a Thursday, um, and and we can really dig into the the training a whole lot more. And I think it's changed the the sort of mindset of the people that come, um, or the cast that are there. So um, so yeah, so that that's that's how we operate. We are our greatest aim would be to get to a point where we're paying the artists to perform, and to do that, we we recognise that we've got a lot of work to do with that. But um, yeah, that's that's the the end goal really I
2: was just gonna say I think in terms of some picking up on some of the stuff you said there Tracy um, some of our the fundamentals of what we do and how we operate are I think in the language and the labels we use because in order to take us away from um, what um, I guess what society is used to for learn disabled people and what they're used to for themselves is being Client service users and, and like the the, the term you use, some participants and that we we're really keen to look at our our language and and so we as Tracy said the the group that, that is the main touring company are always referred to as the core ensemble um, they are referred to as artists um, in everything we do and referred to as artists and we have um, a couple within that core ensemble who are being nurtured as creative leaders, uh, cultural leaders, sorry, um, in order to bring them further into the infrastructure of how we operate, not only in terms of what goes on on that weekly session for a day, but also how the companies run, what the money looks like, um, what we spend on, how we get money, how we plan. Um, So that's that's really important to us, and I think I guess in terms of how we're run as well, important to note, um, as a charity, obviously we have a board of trustees, uh, and we've got, how many have we got now on our board, Tracy, we've had a couple, of five. Um, but one, <laughs> one of those being learning disabled, <coughs> sorry, uh, learning disabled also, um, is really important to us. And we, we're keen to expand upon that because we want, you know, a um, a ratio, of learning disabled people on that board, which is representative of of society, it needs to be a cross section. So, um, yeah, we, we we operate under the the sort of guidance of that board, which is um, holds a wealth of knowledge and experience um, in terms of learning disability. Um, sometimes through working with them, but sometimes through having a learning disability. So, uh-huh.
0: and it, and it's we should add at this point. I think that we are part of access all areas transforming leadership program so that and that will support us to support um to people from our company um to become um leaders within the company co-directing um whatever and then also from a governance point of view so we're really sort of like digging into to to that so it, it's underpinning what we've already done but it's it's you know be really really useful and helpful because then we can learn much much more about access to work and and all of that sort of knowledge that is is it's just a minefield all of that and it so that will be really good over the next couple of years to to get our heads around um how to do it and how to do it you know properly and thoroughly i'm not suggesting that we haven't done it properly and thoroughly but i think it is such a serious and difficult piece of work that I think you could do it tokenistically and I think it's done tokenistically, but I think that we want to really um you know do it slowly and do it well,
2: yeah, and authentically, like you say, I think um, the idea of, of, of tokenism is the thing that that, that we are uh, set against the most it's something that we we endeavor to to get as much distance from as possible and and i suppose taking back to that original question you asked uh tom about how we run what we what we've done and what we've sort of cultivated within the unanimous sessions that occur on the friday um is a real element of like discipline as an artist like we we have uh an agreement and a respect within there that when when we enter the room even when we first get in there it's like utter silence and everyone lies on the floor and we we sort of transform into this being that is unanima um, and we take it through um, a little bit of a ritual that then takes us into to sort of then checking in and, and being like totally present in that space with one another. Um, because we were finding previously that you know I, I think going back to what Tracy was saying about having that um, that culture of day service and and being clients and being done to um people didn't like the actors and the artists didn't really know what to do when they got there and it was quite a social thing but like we we weren't even sure when the the session was starting at some point so we found that finding that discipline is something that um everyone in there really likes and we, we know what we're doing you feel like you are um there's a level of professionalism that comes with that so Sorry,
0: just to be clear yeah. as well, it's not the Vanessa Brooks silent approach. It's just that, that beginning of, of of coming in and it's silent there. So, um, so,
1: yeah. Cool, thank you. And that is a really nice transition into my next question, which is, I'm really curious as to how you make your theatre. How as theatre makers, facilitators, do you go about structuring that making process and, and making that art, I guess? I think the first thing to say on that for me would be that um,
2: we recognise and discuss a lot as a creative team, um, things around sort of our level of ambition and expectation for these individuals, because I think that's the thing that um, has segregated and oppressed the learning disabled, particularly community, for so long is that, that level of ambition or expectation of and for them being so low so what we do is we strive and we push um and we are very committed to pushing them outside of their comfort zone to to being quite provocative within that room um into to helping people really better themselves and find themselves um at a point where they can have more expectation that ambition for themselves because they see themselves growing and progressing i think having um being able to bring some of the clinical psychology into that as well has always been quite essential because we know we, these, these guys need to be resilient if we're going to push them in a way that they're not used to. Um, and, and there has to be real clear rationale, um, and understanding of that approach to not do it in kind of a reckless way. Um, because, you know it's, it's it's something that they're very much not used to so yeah the, i guess the starting point for it is we we believe in pushing really hard um and 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 just expecting more of them
0: yeah i th- and i think we just all bring we don't have a specific we don't have a way or a style or a, you know we we just um masses of play um and as you would expect in any sort of like um, theater drama sort of session, um, and just, and, and working with the, 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 um, the cast to go where they want to go. So we've been recently looking at, um, a lot of improvisation and, and, and where that can take us and that, that confidence, because I think it's not you, you, when, when we, um, got the cast that we've got they they were coming and and that's why we switched to a full day because the mindset was very sort of day service and they come and they think they're doing a little bit of a drama group and then they go and it's to try and it's obviously not a um like a, a like a program or a, a any sort of three-year course or anything like that. It's not that sort of thing it's as a company we um we decide what we want to do and then we play with that and we use games and techniques and, and whatever to, to to make that happen. And I think a lot of um, the work that we do is with them as individuals in terms of just the way they are, their presence on stage, their projection, their body, how it is, expression, emotions, all of those sorts of things that, you know... It, because it would be so easy to be cryy like this. And it's just like looking at the range of those emotions so that you are, if you're meant to be sad or you're meant to be happy, it is, it's, it's believable as opposed to sort of like, I don't know, like a panto crying or a and that sort of thing, you know? And it, and it's those little nuances and skills and then thinking and learning about what they what they look like and how they are perceived by an audience. I think it's that real, um, yeah. From just being able to look out to do the, all of that confidence, which I think we we drill down into quite a lot, don't we, Brad? It's that, um, yeah. Those 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 human like personal confidence skills. I think that's that's one of the biggest things that we're sort of um trying to to sort of increase because what we we know is that for a lot of learning disabled and autistic people wherever they wherever they were doing socialization and um and those social skills they're they're not they're not um they don't occur as much as a neurotypical person who would be they'd go to school and they'd go at their mates and they'd go and do a a recreational club or they'd get involved and have a little part-time job all the time you're learning about the world and learning skills and that's not afforded to this community so there is there's a there's a gap um of um that who they are what they are they've not tested themselves you know and so that's what we're sort of really concentrating on a lot so that it that they become believable in or well, they understand themselves and then they can understand other stuff
2: and i think that 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 all becomes particularly for people with um you know people who are neurodiverse or neurodivergent or, or have cognitive impairments that all becomes quite abstract as well so we the the way we we are um sort of operating a moment committed to that is we have a, a set of eight principles um that that are the qualities you would you would seek in um uh, an actor or an artist. Um and these the, the guys all have sort of their own notebooks, they have like these principles printed into the inside cover of that. And we work with that as a somewhat of a framework to understand a lot of what we're doing. Um, that they identify which of those principles that the, perhaps they need to work slightly more on. Um, or, and it helps us to frame the different things we're doing and looking at each session. So, um, for example, one of them is having a good understanding of human behavior. Um, and we we've been doing work recently around improvisation and observation, and sort of just a few weeks ago, we just took the guys out of the theater and went into the streets and just watched got to watch individuals just doing their thing. Um, and, and, to, to then reflect upon that and to, to emulate some of those those nuances of human behavior and then to explore how we 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 sort of assume intention or we start to to almost write a narrative about what someone's doing just based on a very like almost a micro behavior that we've observed. So what we, we've been able to do is 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 explore these quite complicated um concepts by having um quite a straightforward and concise set of principles that, that provide that framework that they then return to and then they, 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 they can identify, I suppose.
1: Well, first of all, what a beautiful approach you have to working with your artists and how lucky for a company to be able to fill their week with an opportunity to explore what it means to be human, and to then turn that into performance, like that's a really fortunate opportunity that that I think as creatives sometimes we we are not necessarily that we forget, but also you know we love our jobs, and and that's the reason as to why art is such a powerful um, tool for for everybody to engage with. From your work, I can completely see how all of the things that you're describing end up shaping the performance that you then present to the world as, like, the public unanimous and the work that you share. I was just wondering, when it comes to making performance with, with neurodiverse actors, how do you go, how do you approach the idea of, of subtext, when it comes to I guess from a performance making standpoint you know the idea of creating depth to a story through the experiences of a character and and the subtext that is needed sometimes to tell a story?
0: I I think it's almost it's almost like you have to break people down to what we find Um, and it's it's one of the things that sort of part of the campaign we do with One Conversation is like there is that massive sort of learning disabled people as hero victim and so they get standing ovations for doing nothing and this and they have they have no concept of their skill base or, or 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 value of anything that they do because they're either a complete victim poor old you you're so disabled or oh my gosh that's amazing well done it's perfect and and so nothing makes sense so what we were finding at the beginning, we when we would either direct or just challenge, people would just be slightly sort of taken aback or like, what do you mean? What do you mean it's not brilliant? Or what do you mean I've got to do it again? Or or that sort of thing. And and I think that there is, I, I I think we just have to be completely honest. We're quite harsh. I know I've I I, I can be perceived as being quite unkind sometimes and harsh, but I think. You know, you have to be truthful with any human that you come into contact with, and I think that um, that th- that's a massive problem if you're not. If you're saying something is great when it's really it's not, because we've got to put these guys on a stage, and and we can't help them once they're on that stage. Do you know what I mean? They're they're on their own, so we have to be you know fierce like you would with any actor you know you it would be it has to be good enough or you have to be able to bend and flex with it if even if you forget or or your lines or whatever so um so yeah breaking people down and building them up again is probably an approach
1: but there's but there's a real respect in that right yes. and a respect and a respect that's earned yeah. as well and i think that there is a massive
2: respect in it and we think these guys often aren't respected as adults um to to be able to withstand some of that but that's how people grow so definitely that and i i mean i think also we we have to commit to being very dynamic within our sessions um we have a creative team of four for that reason that we can we can um sort of act and operate change live within what we're doing and um, if we're conveying a concept which is slightly more abstract or um complicated we um i think we're so attuned with the core ensemble and the um the variation in cognitive ability and um sort of i suppose social imagination within those we work with that we can very quickly break into the groups that almost differentiate the task a little bit Go with different um, members of the creative team to a different space to slightly adapt what we're doing to explore something um, in which the concept is delivered in a slightly different way that meets the needs of those individuals. But we always kind of come back then together at the end of each of these things to present and share and reflect with one another. So I think we, it's sometimes about taking those different, that different pace with different um individuals within the core ensemble and sometimes that will be about taking two of the artists to a different place different part of their own different room even to do something with them and and explore things in a slightly different way um or it might be breaking the whole lot into to, to smaller groups it might be just taking one person out and and going through something with them and exploring with them um, but the the great thing about having you know a creative team of four is that we have the ability to do that to bend and flex and, and meet the needs of all of them, so that we can return to the room before the end with something to share with all, being um, something that 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 we can contribute and offer and 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 dissect.
0: And I, and I think what we should also say is that everybody has an access rider um all of us not just the learning disabled and autistic all of us on because every human has needs so every human needs to to be able to communicate those needs and and what works and what doesn't and and it you know it's really good for us to know about each other but it's also really vital that these guys own their um themselves really, um, and and on what makes them tick and what makes them trigger and what all of that sort of stuff, because what we find we have found and we find with the the sort of entry level human artist program that we run is they they don't say I'm learning disabled or I'm Down syndrome or it's almost like there's there's a filth about saying it you know. Um, mm-hmm because of I don't know societal bias or whatever so we we're very much aware or or push into that sort of like this is you there's nothing you know it's wonderful and beautiful and it's as messy as me being me you know and um and you've got to really understand yourself and what that means to be able to enter into a process of of creating anything and I think that that's that's owning owning your own shit. Basically, we all need to do that. But it is that sort of, you know, your own behavior or in your own everything um, that that's quite important. You do a lot of that, Brad, as well, don't you? With them. yeah, and there's
2: a real practice what you preach about it because it's not we try and operate on somewhat of a, particularly because we're devising the on a flat hierarchy within there, um, and anything we're asking those guys to do. To expose themselves or analyze themselves, we are all doing as a creative team also uh, and that's about bearing your soul, it's about talking about things that have been difficult in your life, perhaps even talking about like current relationships and but bringing it all to the table and and showing what what it is to be human because it's so um, important for them to see us. In that way as well, I think, because that's where we start to notice our commonalities. Um, this bleeds into a lot of what we do as well with our activism work. In one conversation, is that you know the way that people um, find common ground between them is, is by looking hard at one another and seeing that there's a lot that's the same. And and when we're doing things in session with the guys, and, and notice that yeah we we all struggle with similar things, and we'll you know we'll talk about our mental health. In there as well, particularly when we have like check ins with the guys where we go around and see where everyone's at, how they've been this week. We, we as a creative team, are very candid to say, you know, if our mental health has taken a dip and to say what that feels like, um, and how we're managing that and what we do and where we seek support because you have to show that human side because then. You know, the guys are able to be like, oh, yeah, I, I have dips in mood like that. And I don't want to get up sometimes in the morning. Um, and, but it doesn't make me, you know, um, invalid as a human. It doesn't make me um, like broken. It just makes you human.
1: Yeah. and that, And that's so lovely to hear, because in democratic spaces, the opposite of a democratic rehearsal room, they're held by people who avoid being wrong, right, at every turn. And and whether it's just about having a bad day or I don't know, but there's a respect and an integrity that's lost when it's not cultivated by being vulnerable and welcoming the opportunity to not get it right all the time. And I think, especially when you're working collaboratively, like you need you need to be cultivating those things amongst yourselves in order to to really have a happy company and and an authenticity i think and that is what really inspired me about your work was just the authenticity like everybody everybody leveled up when they shared like there was an enthusiasm amongst everyone to share their story and you you could see that that has that has obviously been cultivated in a room where everybody's experience is valued um so what is like like what's your starting point when you're making work and and how do you then end up with a show (laughs)
0: um it's it's long um for sure so um so for the last show we did we started um because it's all about them so we started digging into um you know what did you want to be when you grow up all of that sort of stuff and looking at um just them really and i i think we're very aware that this the the things the subjects that we're looking at um we're going to take an awful lot of like peeling back lots and lots of layers because um I, for a lot of learning disabled people that it it's that sort of thing, having ambition or having a trajectory for life isn't something that is is talked about really um so th- at the beginning it was very um that I want to get married I want a house I want to have a rabbit that's what I wanted to do it's, as you know and it it was as as small as that or as 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 Ill-formed as that, I feel like ill-formed. That's probably the wrong phrase, but it, it just felt very um, childlike, and and it took us a long time to really sort of dig into um, what they really, really felt. Um, so yeah, it, it it was it was a long, 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 long process of playing and talking and thinking, and also, um, yeah, because it, it like I say, well, it, it's not something that they'd ever really talks about even for a lot of people, they say, yeah, I want a job. And then it's like, what do you mean you want a job? You know, because you really struggle sometimes to get here and, and you, you'd cry if you had to get up nine 95, five days, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's all of those and that we had to be really sort of like brutal and honest and real and sort of look at that. So, um, yeah, it was a lot, a lot of exercises and a lot of weeks and weeks and weeks of, of, of looking and, and challenging their views on stuff and you get there you sort of peel away all those layers and then you get to how sort of angry they are and they don't even know they're angry you know it's just sort of like it's just that sort of like this is what this is me this is what happens to people like me this is what you know i you know and 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 then that sort of richness comes out and that awareness that you see develop it's like wait what wait yeah i i I want this. I want that. I Yeah.
1: And then how do you start to piece all of that real rich material together into like scenes? Is that what you then do? You piece it together, those ideas into scenes?
0: Yeah, I think it was it was very much because we're very fortunate that we have Tash, um, who is a singer songwriter, Tash Bird. Um, so for a lot when we were um, talking about sex um, and then we got sort of fairly quickly got the sex of song actually it was in the second wave of doing that show the first time we we didn't have um as much sort of like kapow with it um but then we developed it further and and once we'd got the song and you know we were we had words like masturbation and clitoris in there it opened up this whole new freedom to 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 be able to sort of like look at that piece so yeah it just becomes um i suppose we look at lots and lots and we weave it together with with a bit of a script that's how it happens um and then there's some that are just unique so the um the story of ryan um about him it's the party scene what we call the party scene and for his birthday for his um 21st or whatever it was birthday um, he invited he's had a lot of surgery he's got he's quadriplegic cerebral palsy and so he's had a lot of surgery and stuff but for his birthday he wanted to have a party and he wanted everybody to learn the um, the dance sequence from hairspray um, imagine imagine getting that invite. Um, so um, so yeah, so and he said yeah, he said there were consultants and this and that and all these people that came to his birthday party and they all did the dancing. And so we just lifted that because it was such a juicy little little thing. Um, and then we twisted it because he always talks about I can't get into theaters with this bloody chair and all this sort of stuff. And so we gave him this sort of alter ego of this person that hates um going to shows because he can't get in and can't get that so we then we sort of like really lent into um how difficult it is for him to do stuff
2: and it's, and it's playing with things as well isn't it that like things come out concepts come out from because we do a lot of talking as well and we sit uh, and engage with one another um in start of sessions but also when we're eating our lunch even we're still hanging out with each other and chatting um and there'll be little glimmers of something that someone says that then sparks a conversation within the creative team. They're like, why do we do we try a little bit of this? Do we is there something here? And and you know, it's it's like you have a hundred ideas and two of them um, have something to them, you know. And so we do th- I, I remember us doing something, we're talking about segregation and things, and we, we had quite a few sessions where we were we were building barricades with chairs and then we were building barricades with humans down the center of the stage and trying to get something in there to represent this segregation and this, this almost like revolution style, um, uh, you know, like essence. But yeah, none of, we couldn't make any of it kind of work. So it's just, it, but it's great. And we've we've explored and we've been creative in it, but then
0: it's all just like, yeah, can't can't make it fit so we lose it um Uh, yeah and one of the most powerful things is just having those people stood on stage and it is just saying that i'm segregated and saying words and 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 that that's sort of super powerful um so yeah it yeah it i suppose you, you go elaborate and you come back and you go elaborate and you come back and you do you, you know we've put whole scenes together like loads of people do and then it's like yeah no nothing, none of that works, we're starting again and all that sort of stuff so it is um, and what's really nice about that is that then not only do the cast see us just go yeah we said we were going to do that and now we're not because we are not we don't think it's very good um, and and we can do better Um, but also then they can give ideas. They're much more willing to just go, what about this? Knowing that if we trash that idea, that's fine because we trash our own ideas, you know, and and all of that. So it just becomes much more sort of like, okay, I you know, it's like, you know, when people say there's no such thing as a stupid question and everyone thinks, yeah, but I don't want to say the stupid question. Do you know what I mean? And and, and it becomes that space where it's just like, just say stuff. And they do, don't they? Yeah, And
2: they'll be like, that doesn't make sense because I did this over here and now I'm doing this here why would I do that I don't think I should do that um and it's really interesting um having like the neurodiversity that we have within the group so the different patterns of thinking um when you bring learning disability and autism into that like you you get some really interesting discussions of like why would not do that? Why would a person ever do that? Would, because of this, like you get into these discussions. So, um, yeah, very interesting. But it's a it's a very free space to try, test, experiment, discard, um, move on.
1: So, state of independence specifically, right? I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to see it, and I w- was also fortunate enough to take along a group of fourteen to eighteen year olds, which puts me in a really cool position because I get to see how your work is received by a younger audience. And that opportunity, along with this opportunity to now speak to you and learn about how you make this work, I think I've managed to piece together what I couldn't articulate at the time to describe what was so brilliant about what I experienced. So I'm going to give it a go, okay? I think that you as theatre makers, yourself and Brad, match the bravery and courage that it must take your artist to not only do something that they've never done before and get involved, to share (laughs) their stories then in front of people, then in front of an audience. And and let's be honest, an audience is not only going to formulate an opinion, but they're going to judge the work artistically. They then may judge the artists and the performers as well. Yeah. And I think I'll be I'll be honest, there's no bullshit.
0: No.
1: Right? <laughs> there's there's no there's no facade at all. And and going back to what you said earlier about how an audience may come to see the work and just already award an applause because they have some yeah. perception of the artists mm. that they're coming to see. Like, that's not good enough, right? That's not what we want. That's not the standard that we set ourselves. And I think that that, that's, it's fucking wicked. Like, it's really, really cool. And it's so inspiring as a theatre maker. Um, Right, state of independence. Let's go back to that, okay? Um, I want to ask, everywhere that you go, do the audience have the same reaction for the first 10 minutes because when I saw it it was like deathly quiet like nobody knew how to react to what was being (laughs) shown to them on the stage and I thought that was so cool that you had that reaction from an audience like is that the same everywhere you go
0: I I think I think they come in i don't know it's it's really interesting because there's all sorts of different sort of levels of work um performed by learning disabled and autistic people what we're definitely about is yes shock factor um, and content shock factor because what what we definitely definitely don't want to prive. someone went, oh lovely oh weren't they great you know that sort of thing so so we we make it provocative and pushy and and that sort of thing and yes people do do tend some audiences are straight in there and they they understand that they can laugh with learning disabled or even at learning disabled and autistic people and that that's great because it it it, you know it works i would brad i would say that that is most audiences isn't it i think
2: yeah and i think it's kind of why we front loaded um it with that first scene with like so we spent a long time um working with jimmy power on the the track that's used um and obviously the lighting and we we wanted that it's almost like stamping your authority um immediately with that piece with there being no words um and the movement of them um we've always had a soft spot for um sort of leaning into putting, everyone wants to stare at people who are different, we all want to, it's why like, you know, a kid on a bus will say, like, mummy, why is he in a wheelchair? Mummy, why, why has he got such a weird shaped head? And we're like, oh, shut up, no, don't say anything. But that's human nature, we all secretly want to look at it. Um, And that's what we think is really important to do, because you shouldn't be looking away from learning disabled people. That's why we like to put them there for periods to be observed and give people license to to do that because that's how you start to get to know people so we always have something somewhat off that but what we wanted to do with the almost the intimidation of the music and the lights with that first bit is to bring them towards the audience um because it's almost supposed to um give this sense of you don't know when they're going to stop and because it's black box theater that you get if you're in the front row, they're coming towards you, and you're a little bit like, right now I'm really I've done the staring at you, and now you're here, um, and we really like that that element of, um, I guess it's leaning into that element of not knowing what to expect, um, and
1: yeah, so yeah, uh, again, just the to have the courage and the confidence to not pull any punches is it is is was brilliant and and when exploring the the topics that you present and that your art showcases makes a very clear statement about the work that your artists make and i want to be super clear what what provoked me to initiate this conversation between us was that during the Q&A that you hosted you did exactly that right you just hosted you were in the background mm. and your artists and performers were at the forefront of that Q&A and they had the opportunity to talk about their experiences of making the work and mm. and i don't mean that at all in like a wanky way like yeah. like no, you no, gave really, the no, opportunity. no i don't, I don't mean yeah. that i don't yeah, mean yeah, that yeah, i yeah. just thought it was very admirable that that you gave those performers the opportunity to 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 share their experiences i think what we what we deal with so much with the learning disabled
2: and autistic community particularly in the arts um but everywhere actually in research and stuff as well is is such an element of ventriloquism um and we have been to too many shows where the the veil kind of falls off at the end when the people who've been performing haven't really known what they were doing and why um and it just it's 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 something that it, it, it links back to that thing about us being so adamant to move away from any form of tokenism and that's why we do those sorts of things to to um yeah to ensure that we we like i mean part of it i think for us is we we need them to know what they're doing and it's almost set in our standard to be like there's no point in us doing any of this work if you don't understand it if you're not bought into it if this is because it's it's yeah it's it's it lacks authenticity then so we almost set ourselves up for that to ensure that's that's going to be possible I yeah
0: think. and and I think because because we do the the sort of activism work as well we're we're acutely aware that we don't just want to create people that can just put this brilliant thing on stage and then come off and then do it again and come off and do it again it's it's about I'm really sorry if you can hear a hoover going in my background um, um yeah what we what we try and do is is develop them to be able to um, the show during the show after the show they need to be able to talk it, it's that socialization thing that we were talking about earlier um which is so often neglected um and and it's it's about developing these guys to Hold their own and know themselves and be confident, um, rather than just doing it. Just really knowing everything about doing it, all of those little steps and why we did it and why we 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 all made those decisions and and being able to, to not just shrink when I haven't got a script around me and to be able to you know to come out like that. So I think that's that. Well, we're very proud that we 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 push into that. Um, which is quite hard but it's essential I think if you're gonna you know any anybody that's involved in any sort of creativity you have to you know you can't just be puppeteered and put on the stage and taken off you've got to be able to to understand what you've just done and why you've done it
1: which I'm guessing is what has led you to now being an MPO right
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> congratulations thank you congratulations thank you. It's, uh, you know but we are completely and utterly beyond chuffed. Um, and, and so we're really, you know, we're really pleased now that, that not for us as such, but for the Learning Disabled and Autistic and Mansfield as well, that we can start to um, really have a voice and make a difference. Um, and it's not just, you know, we also, um, we're developing, um, as well for um all over not just within unanimous so we have a we have a pathway we do a a human artist program but what we're very very aware of is that for the vast majority of learning disabled and or autistic people getting into the arts is how how does that happen you know and um and it isn't um it's just I, I don't know from a recreational point of view to uh studying at a school point of view to then going on and studying it elsewhere and you have to be a certain level and anyway that, that so we've got all of the um arts organizations that deliver programs whether that's a college or a, a whatever um and we are now um we are formed as a local area network and we are we've mapped the provision that's available for learning disabled and autistic people and we're really sort of challenging that and and i think what we've we've seen is that there isn't a lot um and that's got to change and so um it's not about calling people out it's about calling people in and going we need to we need to have opportunity for this community not just little pockets of not just all like maybe if they're lucky they can join Unanima or whatever No, no 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 it should be much much more um and across the board for all sort of arts as well, so that then, yeah, I don't know, it's it's that. So I, that's what we're with. One of the other things that we're also excited about is that it's not going to just change it for unanimous It's going to change it for hopefully an awful lot of other people, and that that's that's the biggest prize I think.
1: So that will be support until twenty twenty five, right? Um. So what's the next steps in 2023?
2: I think that, so as Tracy's mentioned, we have just established our um, entry-level offering at the Unanima Theatre, which is a completely different cohort of artists, um, that takes place on a Thursday morning. Um, and that's for people who haven't really had any opportunity to explore their creativity, known uh, disabled say with autistic people, um to to sort of find themselves as artists um so we're going to be running that as a yearly program that's that's um we've done a couple of pilots and this is the first sort of incarnation of it now um that will be that will be kicking on um, as as tracy said that local area network that we've developed um with all the local um creative provision for learning disabled and autistic people will be something that we can can invest um, more time into changing the the landscape in terms of what's out there and how that's connected up. Um, and then also in the more immediate future, we've got One Fest, which is a festival we put on every year in Mansfield, week-long festival, um, all based around learn-disabled and autistic people. Not just for them, we encourage the audience to be. Um, neurotypical as well. We want everyone to attend it, but we really championed the um the talents of the learn disabled and autistic at that. So it's it's something where we have what do we have? Was it 60 performers last year and 80% were um neurodiverse or disabled um and then across that week we have we have a protest march, we have um stand-up comedy, we have music gigs, we have theatre um you just sort of explode into a carnival of culture across the town of Mansfield um so yeah that'll be in July next year so we we currently now that we've got the the green light from the Arts Council we'll be booking all of that in uh, to take place in in July
0: uh, with OneFest we we're doing it in July for the first time um because July is disability pride month and so that we've we really want to just sort of make a bash into um into that so um yeah we, the march will become a learning disability pride march and um and yeah and our blue sky thinking of that on that is that we would love sort of um mansfield and ashfield to become the sort of like destination place to participate in and to experience neurodivergent creativity, arts and creativity in comedy, and that that that's what we like to do and just to...
2: I was just going to say the other immediate thing with the core ensemble is we've um, jumped into a new devising process for the next piece and we're exploring um, the heritage of learning disability and looking at it in, t- in the same way we would for other oppressed um, minorities and, and, and fractions of society looking at it as a civil rights movement and and really looking at you know what that history has been like because no one tells the story of the history of the learning disabled um so we really want to to shine the spotlight on that to help people know their heritage when it comes to learning disability um so we've had some investment from different places like Mansfield building society and Mansfield. um cultural services to to go and do some sort of r d around that as well um we're actually in the, the archives next week are not we tracy um yeah like delving deep into the uh the records and documentation around um more locally what we were seeing in terms of the asylums in terms of the um colonies for the mentally deficient and looking at those stories um and those records to 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 find things that resonate with us and to to really look at you know like how much has changed look, we, we're using different terms but you can say about these these terrible institutions that that were treating people so badly but we're also then talking about Winterbourne view and walton hall <laughs> but like uh, are just still happening how how different is that from what we've seen when we were Considering it to be so despicable for 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 people to be treated in 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 certain ways, so these things really need to be um, discussed, and we, we will be provocative as ever because that's what Unanimous endeavor to do with that.
1: That, that sounds really exciting. Really exciting.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think you know when we Brad alluded to it, like the civil rights movements, and I and I think that we have to see it like that because we don't segregate people um on the color of their skin or anything like that because we know it's a filth we've progressed i mean we're not as good as we could be but we've sort of progressed but what we haven't done is we haven't done afforded that um to learning disabled and autistic people and we segregate whether that is segregation because they're putting day services in the woods or they have a do not attempt resuscitation put on their medical records during covid which we know happened or whether they're segregated because they're not educated um with ambition and challenge um and that's still going on and we're all sleepwalking through that we're all okay with that it seems because it's not on an agenda and i think that's that's the sort of mountain we've got to try and climb up to to get that realization and, and that's that's decades of work for starters um but that's that's what we're looking at. it I don't think having a group of actors, learning disabled and autistic actors on stage being accepted is we haven't we haven't arrived or achieved anything we it, it has to be wholesale and across the board an opportunity, equitable opportunity needs to be available for all, you know, and we need to bring learning disabled and autistic people into that all because currently they're not.
1: I think that is the greatest final sentence <laughs> <laughs> that i've I've ever recorded so thank you for that um if people want to get in touch with the Unanima, how do they do so
0: so our website www.unanima-theatre.co.uk um email emails possibly the quickest and easiest um but then we also have instagram and twitter and um and then the phone numbers are all there as well. So it's, you know, if anyone wants to get in touch, please, please just get in touch. Um, And we're also a company in residence at the old library, that's our home. So that's on Leaming Street in Mansfield, find us there. Um, Yeah, just please get in touch.
1: Thank you both so much for your time this afternoon. This has been a really insightful conversation and along with your work, I'm just completely sold. I want more. Um, and I'll definitely be coming along to all of the other wonderful stuff that you're doing in 2023. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank,
0: thank you for having us. Thanks, thank you.